consequences of the repression introduced during the early 1930s to the Martian and interstellar that we now see today. They're icons, a representation of space exploration and the idea of expanding the human species beyond the planet Earth. The sci-fi genre of films is a very, very expensive one, initially established during the birth of the Hollywood industry in the United States, and it has continued to ref uh, reflect as time progresses these ambitions maintained by humans concerning the advancement of science and technology, as well as representing uh, a different type of future. Uh, speculated on uh, how a, on what would occur if science were to be developed in a very specific manner, the consequences that would come to fruition due to this type of exploration, and of course how humans would respond in various situations generated by this new type of realm. Uh, initially, sci uh, before moving forward with a more profound discussion concerning sci-fi films, I think it's necessary to establish some foundational principles on which sci-fi films are based and essentially discuss their uh, relevance uh, within the uh, world today, as well as different aspects such as entertainment versus accuracy. In this podcast, uh, in this segment of a series of podcasts, rather, we will be primarily uh, uh, conversing uh, over the definition of sci-fi films, the type of social and public impact they have had, as well as the real reason as to why their popularity has significantly increased within the past couple of decades. Uh, to start off with, I, I'll give a little bit of information about myself as a I guess, partially credible figure in the field as uh, someone who has watched a myriad of different sci-fi films over the years uh, with anything ranging from The Martian and Stellar all the way back to uh, uh, into the in, into the core of, uh, of the Earth to Jurassic Park and even that of the Avengers franchise, which though can be considered to be a mixture of fantasy and science and technology and also be uh, classified as sci-fi on the basis of how these types of principles are explored and uh, applied to the ideas of space. Uh, and the advancement of humankind. And so in this regard, I'm also an aspiring aerospace engineer and this have ambitions tied to the current um, primary dominant themes of sci-fi films, space exploration and the idea of understanding our universe in a broader lens, as well as uh, possibly ensuring that humans can exist on different types of planets going into the future. So I think prior to moving forward with any sort of, you know, farther more uh, analytical definition of sci-fi film, it's necessary to understand what it signifies at a more basic level. In general, sci-fi films, uh, as the name itself, stems from the two words of science and fiction, in which uh, uh, extrapolations of uh, science and technology existing within the world today are uh, taken into con into consideration and created into a new type of future and reality that are that is related to the current time frame on the basis of the fact on the basis of these common principles that exist but at the same time is unimaginable to the modern uh, to the majority of the public because of how it ensures that how it relies on the assumption that science will develop in a specific way or that humans will react or that some uh, rather a random circumstance will occur that allows for certain problems to be felt and a new type of world to be created. Thus, it maintains intrigue with the public due to that common connection and simultaneously allows for an, an interest to be de developed and, uh, to evaluate as to what would be the outcome if science were to uh, grow in this manner. Um, beyond that, uh, another integral aspect of sci-fi films is the idea of the portrayal of a human story. Not only ensuring that there's conflicts and plots created by scientific developments such as the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park or the actual beasts of Godzilla and King Kong in, in the recently published film, or even that of the vacuum of space, but rather how humans react to situations, the unity they show when confronted with this type of adversity, the sacrifice that they have to make in the pursuit of this science as interstellar and even the film of gravity represent, as well, as the idea of the uh, of the perseverance and determination that they have to maintain mentally uh, to kind of analyze and understand this new type of world in an effective fashion. And that really is what defines a high quality side film, not necessarily just uh, this idea of new technology, but really how that connects to the idea of human ambition and curiosity for uh, a new type of realm. 
beyond that, uh, some other integral factors in defining a sci-fi film are that it's historical context in which different types of films are released, as uh, there have been significant shifts within the sci-fi industry, even if there are maybe a couple underlying tones throughout the majority of movies created in the past 100, 100 to 120 years. Some prominent examples include the fact that during the early 1930s, uh, the idea as technology significantly grew and industrialization became prominent within the United States and globally, the types of movies created were not of ambitions necessarily too, uh, that, that we would consider too uh, elaborate or even that we've already accomplished at this point in time, but therefore it's time frame that were considered almost impossible to accomplish, such as going to the moon or exploring a new type of planet and the ability for humans to develop technologies that we be able to see uh, these types uh, uh, these types of aspects of the universe that the time frame simply didn't exist due to the minimal type of development. Furthermore, uh, movies on uh, superhero movies on the basis of comics that were created involving laser gun technologies or anti-gravity belts were also revolution was also representative of revolutionary thinking for that era, and therefore uh, naturally uh, displayed the social beliefs that existed about uh, just general curiosity about what would occur if this type of uh, if development occurred in this manner, as well as what existed beyond Earth, because at this point in time, humans had obviously been capable of establishing stable societies and now wish to expand to much greater horizons, as you know, different types of environments on Earth themselves uh, were being explored. Space represented that kind of final frontier, as it even does today. With time, this progressed uh, to the idea of a biological warfare and uh, different uh, consequences associated with the manipulation discovery biology. One prominent example one can cite is that of the fact that the, the DNA model that we now know today was initially established during the 1950s by Watson and Crick. This served as the inspiration for some of the Godzilla movies and some of the uh, some of the alien and creature-based invasion movies that came to fruition during that time frame. The directors recognized that this was not only a type of prominent uh, belief and uh, aspiration for many scientists and individuals, but simultaneously it was a fear that many people held that exploring science in this way or exploring biology would eventually lead uh, to the inevitable out downfall of humankind because they were messing with forces that were truly not to be tampered with in some manner. Naturally, uh, so, uh, the directors went and tried to project that what would occur if certain types of developments took place and kind of uh, test the unpredictability of biology as a field during that era. Finally, into the more modern age that we now see today, um, rather going to the Cold War into now, uh, the idea of the space race came to fruition, a geopolitical conflict that created significant fear within the minds of individuals about the militaristic capacities that would be offered to two different entities if they were to gain space-related powers and be able to attack from this kind of larger front. The natural movies came into fruition were thus associated with these types of conflicts alongside the Cold War and the idea of nuclear attack and annihilation, in which many films were, uh, many films were developed in accordance uh, to the idea of how uh, nuclear attacks could devastate the world and how individuals would respond in these types of situations. It's both a preparatory mechanism and also a kind of contemplation about the consequences that would be associated if science were to be furthered in this very detrimental manner to humankind. Today, we primarily see movies just mainly about space exploration, as now we have gone past the idea of fear of space as occurred during the 1960s with many invasion field, with any with many invasion uh, invasion related uh, compositions, um, and even uh, things such as communism, which were you know uh, obviously a fear that the U.S. had in containment-wise, economically, and for the growth of the nation that you know, can be juxtaposed, that can be kind of considered or paralleled to alien invasions, a foreign entity trying to encroach upon the manner of living that we maintain within this country. And actually, that was a theme adopted uh, by, these, uh, by the directors of many sci-fi films, but with time, it now evolved to the idea of curiosity and simply expanding our knowledge and our presence, but also dealing with the many consequences that may be associated with those types of pursuits. Finally, I think an interesting connection that can be drawn is the idea between how the industry of science at the moment can contribute to the 
basis of sci-fi films and the kind of the, allow for the basic the principles to be presented they're then extrapolated and uh reflected on when sci-fi uh when sci-fi uh compositions are produced but simultaneously how the sci-fi film can dictate the ambitions that individuals maintain going to the future and by portraying a type of reality that could be reached and that obviously is consequential in some way but in general could lead to the advancement of mankind in a positive fashion uh, sci-fi films are very expensive in terms of the types of factors that can affect them and um, often combine a human and must combine a human narrative with just science to ensure relatability and yet some extent of wonder about what the future may entail. Now uh, Nick will present some information about why uh, sci-fi films have been rising in popularity very recently. Um, yeah, so if we're each starting this off talking about our personal interest or connection to sci-fi movies, I would say that I just have a general interest in movies in general, mainly a lot of older ones, uh, Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, Fight Club. But I would say I'm most interested in sci-fi movies, especially the superhero movies, uh, Marvel and DC movies are always interesting, especially with the MCU and everything going on with that. Uh, Star Wars movies, older ones mainly, Jurassic Park, and the more standalone sci-fi movies like Inception, Tenet, or Interstellar. Um, I think that I enjoy those movies so much, especially sci-fi, because they show you a different world that is similar enough to our own, but yet so different that you can't help but think what it would be like if this movie became a reality. And for more why I enjoy movies in general, it's because movies that have endings that come out of nowhere and really make you think for days after you watch the movie are really good and what makes a movie good. Um, but getting back into what the podcast is mainly about, that being sci-fi movies and their kind of effect on technology in the real world and stuff like that, I think it's important to first point out that over the past few years, movies that have been and would be considered nerdy, I guess, have risen in popularity and gained a large following. Uh, for example, Marvel movies or the superhero movie being a subgenre of science fiction are no longer just being watched by the stereotypical teenage boy that likes comic books. They're now being watched by whole families and are some of the most popular movies in the world um, with Avengers Endgame being the second most popular movie in the world behind Avatar. But at one point I think Endgame did beat out Avatar for at least a couple of months. Um, but because there's such a large fan base for science fiction movies, more of them are being made. And as mentioned before, more than half of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time are considered science fiction, including movies from the Marvel and Star Wars universe, as well as Jurassic Park and Avatar. And I think there are multiple reasons for this increase in popularity with science fiction movies. One reason in particular being uh, because of the flexibility of the genre, meaning that there are an infinite amount of ideas for a science fiction movie because they can literally be about anything. But second and more importantly, I think science fiction movies are getting more popular because of the increase in human curiosity. Because with such a large increase in technological advancements in just the last 20 years, people are looking to the movies to wonder about what kind of advancement could turn from a movie plot line to reality. And this idea of looking to science fiction movies to possibly see what technologies are possible in the future is important. Because after doing research, you can connect it back to why people make science fiction movies in the first place and to what extent these movies inspire real world technology. And if making a movie for pure entertainment is hindering the world from making these leaps in the field of technology, or if a movie is just that and should be treated as just a movie for entertainment purposes. And these are just some of the key points we'll be discussing later into the podcast. 
But I think the main takeaways here should be that uh, there has been a rise in the production and the warmth for science fiction movies. And it's due to there being endless possibilities to what a sci-fi movie can be about. And also, as well as we'll discuss later, some of these technological-based movies are inspiring real-world inventions. And we'll definitely get into that inspiration, or if that inspiration should be a goal of a movie, or if it should be purely for entertainment. So I think that can connect to Eli and what he has to say. So, Eli. Uh, thank you, Nick. So, just like uh, Rickman Nick said, um, a little bit about myself. I love watching science fiction movies, especially going back to earlier movies like 2001 Space Odyssey, even Alien or Star Wars, especially Jurassic Park. And when you look towards more modern movies, I think one of my favorites is definitely The Martian. But I just enjoy being lost in these new worlds created and just seeing how humanity continues to push themselves to really solve the mysteries of space and really just push the boundaries of technology or at least the type of technology that they want to use in their movies and kind of see how the world tries to really kind of push themselves in like actual reality. But when you kind of see these movies, or when you really see these movies, you should really ask, should you be asking yourself how accurate are they? Is it really up for the audience to try to decide that or it really should be for the directors and producers of these movies? So when you look at movies like Star Wars and 2001 Space Odyssey, you should you really be asking yourself how realistic are they? So I'm going to kind of go a little deeper into one of the more modern movies like Interstellar. So it is widely kind of applauded for its scientific accuracies. However, when you look a little further, there are missteps. So when you look at this type of movie, like the overall plot is how the world is slowly dying from a global crop light and kind of dust bowls that kind of turn the planet against itself. And astronauts are sent into space to find new planets to inhabit and kind of save their world. And when people watch this movie, they really enjoyed it for its scientific accuracies. Like when you look at the type of technology they used, specifically, um, specifically like the type of drones they used to find the space, the type of technology they used to help uh, their planet survive during these dangerous storms. People really enjoyed this movie. But even when you started to watch some of the more uh, unrealistic aspects of it, you should kind of be impressed by what they actually went through to make it more realistic than possible. So one of the biggest uh, visuals in the movie is when they went to a planet uh, entirely compressed of tides, huge tides, but larger than the Empire State Building that kind of kept destroying the world. However, the biggest part of this, of this planet was for every second they stood on the planet, 10 years disappeared on Earth. So it was a huge risk for these astronauts to try to find out if this planet was habitable while their loved ones continued to age and the planet continued to be destroyed. And when you look at this type of scene, you might be saying, this is really inaccurate. There's no way there's a planet that has humongous tides larger than our state building, and there's no way that time works that way. However, when you look a little deeper into it, this is actually possible. Because in this movie, there's a black hole nearby and it causes the waves to continue to grow and smash against each other. And due to, the and due to the gravity, it actually causes the waves to continue to get larger and larger, especially when you look at Earth, how the tides are tied to the sun, uh, it's tied to the moon, actually. So this is actually really accurate. And even when you look at the time dilation, you're like, there's no way one second on this planet can go to 10 years 
on Earth. But that is actually a thing where based, okay. And that is actually true. However, when you look at some of the inaccuracies in the movie, you might see that it is a little too much, too closer to fiction than actual science fiction. Because in the movie, the way they actually survive and save Earth is that they go through a black hole and travel through a type of fifth dimension that works outside of normal time. However, this is not really true because there's not believed to be an actual fifth dimension that works out outside our time. And it kind of just helps the movie move along and kind of resolve. But when you watch these types of movies, how accurate do they really need to be in order to kind of preserve the scientific accuracies of the movies? That has really been a huge question over the last couple of years because there's been definitely a rise of inaccurate science fiction movies. But when you go to the movie, you don't really go there to see a scientific accurate movie. You really go see the visuals and the action packed type of adventures that they could go on. Like when you watch a Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, I love those movies, but you want to see huge dinosaurs and how they kind of rebel against humanity. You don't want to really see how dinosaurs can't really be created from DNA, especially since we haven't really found any concrete dinosaur DNA throughout our history. Or when you see a visually amazing movie like Gravity, you want to see how the astronauts navigate space and try to really survive and push the boundaries of like our technology. But you don't want to look at how types some some of the scenes in that movie can't really exist based on how gravity actually works. But when but that really isn't up a question for us because when you go to movies you want to be happy and you want to enjoy the type of movie that it is. You don't want to really stop and have to ask yourself, is this actually accurate? Well we're going to dive deeper in that throughout the series and really just answer that type of question. Yeah, I definitely think that's true, Eli. And I think that another type of doubt that that, rise, that raises is, is it feasible to make a movie very entertaining and compelling, interesting to the audience, even if you don't have all of these action-packed sequences or you don't rely on the, on like, you know, extrapolated and incorrect science as a filler for a plot and the basis of the conflicts they face, whether the human interaction of it can suffice for that purpose. I think gravity is definitely a great illustration of combining the both. Because yeah, as you said, there are some feasibilities, but at the same time, the main thing you want to see is Sandra Bullock. The main thing that you, you don't want to see necessarily, but you end up seeing and appreciating is Sandra Bullock's expressions, her conflicts, her tensions in that moment as she deals uh, with George Clooney, right? With the astronaut going away. And that, I think, significantly adds to the emotional impact of it, and therefore how captivating a film is, which could also be an objective. But yes, as you said, we'll definitely explore the social impacts of that going forward. I just wanted to make a quick note on a, uh, a point that Nick brought up, the idea of how human curiosity is expanding and that could be a reason for the popularity in sci-fi films. I think another idea of that is kind of how the, another you know, metric you can compare side to side to that is the STEM field increase, the significant in, uh, employment of individuals in, that, in those types of industries, as well as the interest and opportunities that are given for kids at very low ages that represent a general public interest and support for that type of field. And so I think sci-fi films not only act as a manner in which to cultivate that type of ambition, expose these kids to these types of realities and types of work that they could contribute, but also then make them, uh, but also then this, it's, it's like a, another reverse relationship where you have the STEM fields, which create that initial interest and then support these more advanced sci-fi films because it's now, now they kind of see the medium where they could apply these skills and where they could essentially become and contribute to the world in very significant ways. I think that's another you know, extra, uh, social impact that you can associate uh, with different types of sci-fi films. But um, 
Yes, definitely. Uh, we do hope that uh, you enjoyed uh, this introductory discussion to Safa Films. Obviously, in the next couple of podcasts, we will explore uh, some more specific films in a more deeper fashion and uh, through a myriad of different lenses, primarily focusing on the, around, uh, the debate of entertainment versus accuracy, whether it's feasible to accomplish both, the public perception, and uh, maybe even like uh, some historical analysis of what has led up to the birth of uh, the different types of specific films. And so... Uh, yes, this is uh, the science of sci-fi uh, of sci-fi films, and we definitely hope uh, that you shall join us in the next couple of uh, segments. Um, and so, for now, adios, and we'll see you in the next segment.